El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, shut up. What do you do? Joining me today, he is a fantastic comedian, by all accounts, an even more fantastic rollerblader. He hosts a podcast called The Greatest Pod. And speaking of The Greatest Pod, he's on Unpopular Opinion today. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Swallow. Also joining me, she is another fantastic comedian. Hasn't been on this podcast in quite a while. That's my fault, not hers. She used to host a podcast called Unruly with Heather Maruli. I'm not allowed to be on. And hey, I already said her name. Guess who it is? Heather Maruli. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week. Ooh, my favorite co-host of all. No co-host, but... Oh, yeah. I do have a couple of guests, a couple of guests who haven't been on in a long damn time. Case in point, Heather Maruli is here. Oh, hi. It's me. Are you surprised that I picked you first? It was totally random. No, no, I, I was not caught completely off guard. Okay. How's but it going? I'm, ready. <laughs> I, I'm actually doing very well. Don't want to brag, you know, since there is still a pandemic happening, but I'm allegedly (laughs) okay. Yeah, but I'm doing well. Good. Thank you. Also joining us, Ron Swallow. How's it going, man? Oh, I'm good, man. You know, I should have picked Ron first because he's had me on his podcast, whereas Heather never did. I don't have guests on my podcast anymore. Oh, okay. That's That's very selfish of you. If I'm being completely honest. (laughs) Who are you, Dan Cummins? What's going on? I'm just going to download them and edit myself into the conversations. I'm very okay. good at podcast editing. I feel like I could do this. I think you could do it. I you think it would be great, too. You can jump in there and talk about my horrible relationship history alone <laughs> with me. <laughs> oh, I will. I'll give you advice. I'll fire off advice. Okay. That's what everyone wants. Advice yeah. from me. So, happy Halloween, motherfuckers. If you're listening to this, I would argue almost kind of creepily early. Because this is going up technically 10 p.m. Pacific time on Halloween night. So I guess if this is your Halloween night party on the West Coast, thank you for choosing us. You had a lot of other better options. But (laughs) thank you for spending Halloween night with unpopular opinion. I'm still unsure about that choice. But if you are, it's Halloween. So we're talking about serial killers. Ron, Heather. Uh, right off the bat, either of you ever murdered anyone? No, but I've strongly considered it. Okay, let's think about it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've murdered on stage. Oh, okay. 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 That was terrible. Okay. I apologize for that. I apologize for that. I mean, it's technically true, but I apologize. I have yet to murder anyone. I have murdered on stage. I say yet to. I, th- I don't really plan to, but no. I have always toyed with the idea of doing an episode of this podcast where we just like plan a murder. Okay. But I would want it to be a thing where someone agrees to let us like stalk them and find out what their (laughs) fucking routine 
is like. And then at one point we just show up and go, hey, this is where we would have murdered you. Gotcha. But that's, gotcha. that's that so elaborate. Like that Michael Douglas movie, The Game. A little bit, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, the person would know. They just wouldn't know. They would always suspect oh, okay. we were around. We. It would be a team. I want to plan a team murder. Uh, no, no, no. I, I do it solo. Like yeah. my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I work alone. You know, I've dreamed of people dying. Like, and I say day, I say dream, but I mean daydream of people, you know, like really bad people coming to hor- horrific ends that has nothing to do with me doing it to them. Yeah. Well, I even think if you claim you've never at least thought about murdering someone, just like, oh man, it would be nice to just stab that person in the stomach right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. But <laughs> yep. you don't do it because we're not, we don't, we're not murderers. Well, there's, yeah. there's a fine line that separates the people who just think about it and the people who actually do it. It's why we're all fascinated with this shit, because we've all had a moment of like, oh, man, what if I did just murder this terrible person who's, I don't know, being shitty to a dog or something? And then you don't do it. But then there's other people who are out and about and they're like, hey, what if I just murdered this old lady for literally no reason? And then they murder this old lady. Yeah. And why? You, 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 you have to go, why? What happened? What was the thing? Yeah, why not put that energy into murdering people who are mean to dogs? Yeah, like no. there's, a, you know, there's some people who deserve to die, but a lot of these guys make up reasons why they killed people too, so they can sort of halfway feel better about themselves. Yeah, so. my least favorite thing is, oh well, I, I was abused growing up. Man, a lot of people were abused oh, growing I, up. That is the worst excuse for shit behavior. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, like I was, we were all abused, and we tell dick jokes. And or vagina jokes, depending on our our moods. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and it seems like we don't hear about serial killers as much anymore. And that's what we're talking about specifically on this episode is serial killers. Like, I grew up in the 80s. I'm, I'm old enough to, like, vividly remember most of the 80s. And, man, serial killers were such a big deal. Like, that was the heyday of serial killers. Like, late 70s to like late 80s really with like Richard Ramirez and stuff man they were everywhere it was scintillating but also I was still always allowed to just go walk outside and do whatever the fuck I wanted as a kid oh yeah because enough of us hadn't been murdered by serial killers yet so (laughs) yeah well Well, I'm I'm too young to remember I want to be clear I'm a young woman and I um I don't recall any of these things because I was not alive but yeah that sounds harrowing actually (laughs) I don't know. My well, parents are from New York City, and they said in like the seventies, it was just like the worst like crime time. That's when like Son of Sam was killing people, and yep. my mom said it was like the most terrifying time of her life that summer. But I don't know. It sounds awful. So who it is awful? Heather, who would you say is the most memorable serial killer from your lifetime? Then, because there's Wait. been some. Like one that like sticks in my mind. Yeah. Oh, I would say one that you in my lifetime that has been alive or one that like haunts my nightmares. <laughs> like, because the ones that like have like really stuck in my head are, are, have been dead for a really, really long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, like Jack the Ripper or something? Are you just scared uh, to name them because well, you think they're going to come back? No. Like, what about that? Um, have you ever heard of Albert Fish? Oh, Albert Fish yeah. is insane. Yeah, Albert Fish is a I nightmare. I can't even, like, deal with that. Like, I, it, like that is terrifying. H.H. H. Holmes, Jack the Ripper, yeah. 
But as a more modern one, well, I th- we're going to talk about him, I think, later. But I, I would say that one that I'm really interested in is the Grim Sleeper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened right here where we are. South Central ha- Los Angeles. I'm, I'm actually not far from where one of the bodies was found. Yeah. Yeah, I would. <laughs> the one that got him caught. I would assume that for younger people, Jeffrey Dahmer might be. Like yeah, one of the he's bigger. probably the biggest. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Ron? Who is your who's your who's your serial killer hero? Um, hmm. I mean, Dexter, obviously. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, yeah, obviously. Hannibal Lecter for me. Yeah, yeah. They're all pretty interesting, but like, hmm. I think Ed Gein. Mm, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was he was a character. He's from not far from where my mom was born and grew up. So he's a he's a hometown hero so to speak. I went to Zach Bagan's Haunted Mansion in Las Vegas, which I cannot recommend highly enough. It is a fascinating hour and a half journey through some of the scariest shit you'll ever see. And one of the things he has there is Ed Gein's cauldron that he would like melt people down into soap in. Jesus. And the thing about how that museum is arranged is when you walk in a room like that, they try to make it smell like what that room would have smelled like. Oh. Why? Why would they? And do it that? it smells <laughs> vile in there. No. Also, Oof. Kemper is kind of interesting because he matches the myth. You know, the high IQ, meticulous, yeah. like scary psychopath type of person who also blends in. You know, like he he matches what? the myth. He was also like six foot ten or something. Yeah, he was a giant, but he never nobody was ever like really scared of him. He hung out with police. On that mm-hmm. Netflix series, I think there's two seasons of it now. I think it's called Mind Hunter. Is yeah, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. My friend was in it, and it, I've been watching it. It's good. I I like it, but the early episodes all have Ed Kemper in them, and I was like, oh, is this going to be the show? Because this guy's fascinating. And then yeah. they move on to other serial killers, and once they did, I was like, man, I miss Ed Kemper. Yeah. <laughs> he was a very good character in that show, and he's yeah, like. And he's- not a character, obviously. He's a real yeah. killer. He's an actual interesting, crazy person. and but, all, but he was nuts. Like, insane, insane. Like, you know, if you know the details, obviously you said motherfucker, so we can talk about stuff. This dude ripped off his mother's head and fucked her neck hole. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That seems like a bit much. I mean, yeah. everybody has he, their thing. He's a fucking <laughs> maniac. We, we don't want to kink shame. But... Yeah, the guy is fucking insane, but he hit it really well, and he was very smart and did all kinds of shit to try to not get caught and eventually got caught, got involved too much, and et cetera, et cetera. But, like, it's fascinating. And the, one of the most fascinating things in Mindhunter that they talked about that I also looked up afterwards is that they say that the sociopath and psychopathy that serial killer shows is exactly the same as a lot of really, really high echelon CEOs. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, which is so interesting because they don't kill, but they don't care at all about anything else. So their pursuit of money is basically their killing. Oh, I would argue some CEOs kill way more than serial killers. They just do it indirectly. Uh, By proxy. Yeah. 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 They ruin people's lives and then they die. Yes. They know they're killing people. They're still murderers. Before we really dive into serial killers, let's give California some credit. Real quick, because when I was researching around for this episode, I found an interesting study that found that when it comes to states with the most serial killer victims, California is first place, baby. Woo! 
by a wide margin. As of 2021, California has 1,628 serial killer victims in its past. Next closest competitor is Texas with 893, and of course, Florida with 845. That's a lot. It is. I mean, it's large populations, too. Yeah, that's the thing. If you do it per capita, we're only 10th. And then, well, those are all California and Texas. Those are also really large surface area states. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of space where it's like there's nobody there, like a lot of empty areas. So you can just keep murdering in empty space. Yeah. And speaking of that, if you do it per capita, number one is Alaska. Speaking of plenty of space to murder, and there got to be so many dead bodies just littered in the Alaskan wilderness. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was kind of so on this map that we're looking at. I don't know. Are, are people going to have the link to this anyway? So yeah, like, we put the this, show notes the in the middle description. of the country here, where it has like Indiana and Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, and then Louisiana down here that are all like darker. Yeah, is there a link to this area being near like the Mississippi River? Oh shit, that's a great question. And, like, like they're just dumping like, bodies there. Yes. Because it's like the largest like water tributary that like goes down there. Oh yeah, maybe. I mean, that was my first thought. Like, I must have the mind of a killer. (laughs) Because the first thing I thought was, you could dump a body in there. (laughs) So can't wait to watch your solo podcasts so that you can solo kill people. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you should solo live stream them. Yeah, sure. Your I, murders. I will do that. They'll be behind a paywall, though, folks. So. Well, right. Of course. <laughs> FBI is going to have to pay to get you'll you. You'll be a billionaire before you get caught and go to jail. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, serial killers, they're getting kind of rare. They exist, but it seems like we don't hear about them as much anymore. According to the FBI, they claim there are currently anywhere from 20 to 50 active serial killers in the United States right now. Yeah, too many for my comfort, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a lot, right? What do you think about it? It's a lot, but it's going to get worse. It turns out that's probably a pretty conservative estimate. But yeah. even if it's not, it seems like a lot. But in the big scheme of things, serial killers commit like 1% of the murders that happen in the U.S. each year. Yeah, I mean, you're much more likely to be murdered by someone you know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry for that bleak fact, but it's true. Yeah, and if you're married, it will probably be your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Or right. if you're not married, it'll be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> ironically, Most boyfriend, but... Yeah, more, yes, yes. Ironically enough, probably not if your spouse is a serial killer, though. They never yeah. kill their, their significant nope. other. No, you have to act normal around them. Right. You have to act like everything's fine. It's a good way to hide your murderers by having a family. Like, nobody believes, like, the dude with two kids and a dog is a murderer. I do. I think that guy is a murderer every time. (laughs) I think another thing that's happening is a lot of people who would be serial killers are just getting caught, like, the first time they murder. Quicker. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to find out because technology is advanced and... While it's still difficult to catch people, like, but it's still le- it's less difficult. So I'm guessing there's a lot of people in jail who had a, a plan to murder lots of people and just didn't mention it the first time they got caught. I wouldn't be surprised to find that out. Yeah, that could be. Let's talk about some, there are some myths and misconceptions about serial killers that I found 
when I was researching this. Let's run through some of them. All serial killers are men. That's a myth. I mean, most of them are, obviously. Like, right. Yeah. We, we know yeah. that. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. And even like as far in as 1998, the FBI, one especially renowned FBI profiler, went on record and said there are no female serial killers, which I feel like we've heard there are historical examples of female there serial is. killers. But he must have just meant like not active at the time, because otherwise yeah. we know there have been like. Well, I actually I looked I looked for some and. The Wikipedia page for female serial killers, it has 65 women on it. I mean, that's not none. It's more than I expected. Yeah, it's it's quite a few. Yeah, men do it more. But yeah, there's obviously a bunch of historic examples of female, yeah. and even not just historic, like Eileen Warnos yep. was a, one. a female serial killer. Interesting statistic. 17% of serial killings are perpetrated by women, but women only account for 10% of the murders committed in the U.S. overall. So when women do kill, it's some serial killer shit. Which, yeah. kudos. That's cool. Women are productive. You know, they like to get things. They're multitaskers. Yep, true. Yeah, a lot like, of planning, <laughs> a lot of organization. Yeah, there's a, the one that's the creepiest, I think, is that Kristen Gilbert one who murdered her patients, uh, war veterans. As yeah. a nurse. Uh, oh, did she like inject them with stuff? Yep. Like that's like a common method, actually. Epinephrine. Mm. What would you say her name was? Sorry. Gilbert. Tristan Kristen Gilbert. <laughs> I just want to make sure I look her up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is there's also a bunch of old ladies. Oh yeah. I mean once you like once you're a senior citizen, I feel like everything's on the table. Like, you've made it. You can start doing heroin now if you want. You can start murdering people. You've earned it. Just yeah. go nuts. Dude, literally, figuratively, whatever. Go nuts. Myth number two, all serial killers are white. That's not true. But again, probably most. I, I would argue most are probably white. But hmm. this is another one where there's there's lots of historic examples. The Grim Sleeper is a really good example. He'd been yeah. operating for decades in south central la yep but he was killing black sex workers i believe and so no one gives a shit because we're all monsters yeah his whole mo was did you watch the documentary about him like they would talk about how his whole thing was about like how he hated like people who did crack and all those stuff so he would like pick up women and like offer them a crack rock and then he would take them to the snooty fox motor inn which that is in los angeles landmark it's an hourly <laughs> pay by the hour motel you all know, right and then he would take a picture of all of the girls he would like hang out with or whatever and there's still the lapd has like they have a poster like in a lot of the stations they have it up there and it's a bunch of pictures that he took of women that they think are potential victims that they're not yep. even sure if they're alive or dead And they're like, do you know any of these women? And there's like 60 or 70 of them on the poster. Yeah, he had them all in his car. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was bragging to his friends about like torturing them and stuff. And it's interesting. You could really, if you want to make an argument for this, and I do, you could really blame the LAPD and the police um, in general in this. And, And the reason I say that is because they've created such a fear within people of color's communities that they don't call the cops for anything. And in fact, calling the cops is almost worse. It's almost one of the worst things you can do. Whereas if 
the police had set up a situation where they could actually be trusted in situations like this, somebody would have called the cops on it. Yeah. Well, and they also, I think it was like in the early 80s or around there, the LAPD knew that it was a serial killer. They knew that there were connections between them because there was like the same gun was used for a few of them. And they never like made any sort of like announcement or put any like warning out there. They didn't say anything on the news or anything. So it just like kept, kept going, you know? Yeah. They didn't let the community know until like the nineties or something. It was deep into when this guy was murdering people that they finally said, Hey, there might be a serial killer. Well, yeah, one of the cases that got him caught, it was a girl who, I mean, I I guess he didn't count on this. Her family was looking for her and they found her body and then connected it to him because most women he killed were, you know, estranged from their family, either their or their family was dead or whatever. And they're prostitutes. And wasn't this girl dad a cop or something like that? I'm I'm not sure about that, but I know her family was like desperately looking for her and that's how it got circulating i think that was in 87 they found her 87 or 89 yeah it's it's a very crazy story and a few other examples there was coral eugene watts who was the sunday morning slasher in michigan anthony edward soul the the cleveland strangler that's a recent one richard ramirez obviously the night stalker oh my god he i can't even oh he disgusts me That guy is uh, real fucked up. Yeah, that's the thing is those are the serial killers who get famous. The ones who like Ted Bundy killed college girls and Richard Ramirez was breaking into old women's homes and like just random places. And those are the ones that get famous. But if you're killing marginalized people, you're playing in the minor leagues if you're hoping to get famous, bub. Yeah, but most of them aren't. Most of them are trying to not get caught while they kill as many people as they can. Right. So, you know, that's why they do that. And it's pretty sad. Myth number three, all serial killers are isolated and dysfunctional loners. This Uh, is super incorrect. Most serial killers are not reclusive misfits who live alone. They usually don't stand out. They're like the CIA. They have to be. Like, there's some degree of trust you have to build to, like, lure someone into your van. So... Like, it stands to reason that you're going to want to look like... Like, I imagine you mentioned old people committing murders earlier. I imagine that's especially easy. If you're, like, a still pretty physically able old man, and you're like, hey, can you come help me lift this into my van? Oh, my God. Like, Silence of the Lambs. Like, that's someone who could have been murdering people for decades, and no one would Well, Ted Bundy used that method. He would pretend to be like a stranded motorist or like have a flat tire or whatever and be like help me and he looked so normal so people didn't think anything of it yeah that's why richard ramirez had to break into motherfuckers houses because once you saw that face you yeah that still kills me when people are like oh my god richard ramirez he was so handsome who says that people say it people say it it's not weird ted bundy too ted bundy had the Ted Bundy, different story. No, Ted Richard Bundy Ramirez. had crazy fucking eyes. No, well, a lot of them do. I know Ron's not going to like this, but you can see evil in people's eyes. You can't. You can't see it. I swear. I will, I will argue that you could see malice, like true malice. 
because see, what about voidness? Have you ever looked into somebody's eyes and seen and there's nothing in void? There. Yeah, yes. there's nothing That's in kind there. of what Absolutely. I'm talking about. Yeah. One of one of my former enemies at work, Curtis. <laughs> Fuck he had is. he had void eyes. Well, he's no longer with us. So, oh, oh good. <laughs> what happened yeah. to Curtis? He died in his sleep. Oh, okay. He was old. He was old. It's it's whatever. But he had void eyes. I swear. <laughs> so Richard Ramirez had horrible breath. That's the worst thing I could well, ever. His thought. teeth were his, fucked up. Yes, his teeth were rotting out of his mouth, and people like Jesus. described his breath as like horrendous. Like, yeah. could you imagine that? He loved candy. He was like obsessed with candy. Oh, right. Yeah. He had like horrible nutrition habits. Yeah. But I could also see why people would think he was handsome. He's got high cheekbones. He's got the he does. round yeah. chin. Like he looks mm-hmm. like a psychopath though. He really do- He does look scary though. He does. He yeah. does look scary. Even when he's just looking like sort of normal, you're like, uh, there's something not right there. So, yeah. And yeah. believe me, coming from me, that means a lot because I am attracted to strange men. So <laughs> he does not look good to me. You know, I mean, I've run the gamut. I've dated, you know, musicians, DJs. You That's know, disgusting. Guys. What's next? Or you always dealers. bring up the DJs. Man. Sorry. <laughs> They're men of the night. You know? Oh, They're, my God. That's, what's the closest you get to Batman in real life? I don't DJs. think it is. I really <laughs> don't think it is. I, I yeah, don't probably think DJs not. are anything like Batman. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Myth well, I mean, if, number. If Batman was a guy who understood how to use technology to make okay music. <laughs> well, that's Batman's only power is having money to have technology. And, and okay, this is a great argument. Expensive. Okay, okay. You, we're, we're not taking Ron Swallow down this road okay. on a yeah. podcast about I could talk serial to you for killers. A, a lot of time on Batman, but it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, let's move on. Myth number four serial killers travel widely and kill in several states. Mm. I don't know if this one's a myth. Because they're basing this on, like, the available information about serial killers. And we'll get a little bit later into why that's not necessarily accurate. And one of the serial killers we talk about at the end of this episode definitely did not fit this stereotype. But there was so much profiling of serial killers that happened in the 70s and 80s. And I think this is one of the things that came out of that is, well... They're going to stick to a specific area where they're comfortable, and that still kind of carries on today. And I think that probably makes it easier to be a serial killer, because then if you just do it in a bunch of different areas, you're going to be way harder to catch. I can't so, condone that well, officially. Also, legally, there could be that could help you also, because there's different jurisdictions you know, in different states and stuff. But it also brings in the FBI. Like a lot of times if you're, if you kill locally and there's a bunch of murders that are similar, only the local police who are generally not trained in tracking down complex crimes. And and so a lot of times they'll form a task force, but it's a task force of dudes whose job is to stop people from like robbing purses and to pull people over and give them tickets. Like their job is not, yeah, really to catch serial killers or to catch like psychopaths or anything like that. I, I mean, if it, not, if it gets mm-hmm. out of hand enough, they'll probably call in like the state FBI, yeah. like they'll send yeah, the true. FBI will send people to help. They probably won't catch anyone. I'm starting to feel like the FBI is not good at stuff like this. I wonder what the criteria is to even get them involved. Like, I mean, 
my understanding is federally, you do have to have a person that is doing something in multiple states. I mean, I, I could be remembering this incorrectly, but I kind of feel like in order for a federal investigation to happen, it has to happen across state lines. But I'm not sure about that. So hmm. uh, I could be remembering from my business law class, which is only about commerce. So maybe that's maybe that's the problem. Myth number five, last one. All serial killers are either mentally ill or evil geniuses. This is kind of a quirk. This is kind of a technicality because it's not that all serial killers are mentally ill, but most are either sociopaths or psychopaths. And it's just that the American Psychiatric Association doesn't classify those as mental illnesses. Those are antisocial personality disorders which is a completely different thing. So don't stigmatize people with mental health issues as serial killers, okay? Agreed. Unless they're also That's, like a, a psychopath. Yeah. In which that case. That can happen. Narcissists, for instance. Right. You yeah. know, that probably goes with psychopathy and, and, and sociopathy. Sociopathy? Sociopathy? Sociopathy. Sociopathy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, narcissism is kind of a spectrum, but a lot of... Because I've encountered people who I would say would qualify as having like the actual like personality disorder associated with narcissism. And it's pretty rare, but they think it's becoming more commonplace just because culturally we're more self-involved. But it's something that you can't really spot like without being sort of like trained. And it's so like subtle and strange. It's Well, like, I, I have one for sure way to do it. This is what you do. Right now, ask yourself, am I a narcissist? And if you if you wonder at all if that's a possibility, yeah. you are not a narcissist. No, I know. Yeah, because they have that's no what's interesting. they have no sense of self awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And they have no like need or desire to like explore themselves. They think they're perfect, that sort of thing, you know. I'm glad that's and- where that went. Because I was wondering, and I was like, shit, am I supposed to be wondering, or was I supposed to just say no right away? Fuck. No, no. I mean, we have a, we probably, as comedians, especially people who want to do things by ourselves to get the attention, Heather, yeah. Ron, Adam, all of us. I do have a some solo podcast. Yeah, it's, I mean, so. it's, on, it's on a spectrum, you know? Yeah, there's a so. bit of narcissism involved, but you, it's not like the dangerous kind where you ruin people's lives because you only care about yourself and you literally can only care about yourself. Right. So we talked a little bit about serial killers who have gotten a lot of media attention and infamy over the the last few decades. Now let's talk about one who has not and is seemingly still active, which is the Chicago Strangler. This This is a very scary story. Basically... This killer or killers has been active in Chicago from, they estimate, since about 2001. And they estimate that this killer or killers has murdered between 55 to 75 women in that time, all by strangulation or smothering. And this all came out because of a Chicago Tribune investigation in 2018. Because again, these are all black women from low-income areas, so their murders don't register the same way that other murders would. And so no one really did any legwork to connect these murders. And the Chicago Tribune does this investigation in 2018, and they found of those, for one thing, there were 58 deaths by that point, 
51 still remained unsolved, and they were able to at least connect them in some way, at least with like similarities in how they happened or locations. And the Chicago PD investigated it, but they were like, well, we're not going to like form a task force over it or anything. And then shortly after that Chicago Tribune story, five more women turn up dead the same way. And then the Chicago PD was like, all right, all right, we'll form a task force. And what's crazy is this same thing happened in Chicago in the 90s also. There were lots and lots of women who were killed by strangulation or smothering. They form a task force. And in that case, they end up arresting a bunch of people. Some of them turned out to be serial killers. But they eventually disbanded that task force, even though the murders kept happening. So this could be dozens of people. Chicago's a big city. And serial killer who strangles marginalized women is a very common serial killer trope. So this could be five or six people, ten people, who knows? Yeah. It's so many women, though. It's why it's so important. Look, you know, I know we don't, sometimes we're trying to do half comedy, half, you know, whatever, but this, it's just important that we start reforming the police into a group of people who actually care about this shit and have like, you know, people who work for them that are looking out specifically for minorities, you know, women don't technically count as minorities because they're 50% of the population, but you know what I'm saying? Like under underprivileged people who are being treated worse. We need, you need to have literally someone regulating them like we're supposed to be regulating big tech. Yeah. <laughs> like it needs to yeah. happen. Can, and, and then this sort of thing will happen less. It'll still going to happen. Psychopaths are going to murder. But if, if there's a task force of people who are watching out for those people that they murder, it, it's gonna, they're going to get caught more. Yeah, it, it feels like at this point, we're probably screening Uber drivers harder than we're screening police. Seriously. But who knows? So yeah, Chicago, dangerous place. I mean, it always is, but these aren't the kind of murders that even get the attention in Chicago. It's always the gun violence, which also deserves lots of attention. But on the bright side, serial killings seem to be on the decline in recent years. Like I said, the peak was in the 80s, the golden age. In 1987, there were an estimated 198 serial killers active in the United States. There's maybe a quarter of that now, according to the FBI. How about these reasons why they think it might be declining? DNA evidence making it easier to track and catch criminals. That one makes sense, right? Yep. Absolutely. Like, that's the first thing any, if, like, if you're planning to commit a murder, you got you to gotta hazmat suit up before <laughs> you go in that mm-hmm. room. Yeah. Uh, one hair will get you caught. Yeah. Watch The Departed first. Le- less than a hair. Yeah, piece of skin half the time. They're finding all kinds of crazy shit. Right. People are less vulnerable now. We aren't hitchhiking. We always have phones. There's cameras everywhere. That's probably part of it. Yep, gotta be. (laughs) Children aren't allowed to go outside by their parents, (laughs) so that makes them less vulnerable. Dude, that's so funny because I remember I was a nanny for a couple of years, and these kids were like from five to eight or something like that. I, I did that for like three years. And then one of them was younger as well. But like I went with them literally everywhere that they did stuff. Like they weren't allowed to go play in the yard, like in the yard in front of the house without me watching. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, you know, and we talked about it earlier. I don't know about you, but I literally would just roam around Albuquerque on my bike. Oh my God. Yeah. What, just, what was your <laughs> experience in that area, Heather? Were you like allowed to just go out and 
walk around and do shit? No, but here's the thing. My parents were, well, my mom was like super, super strict about stuff to the point where I'm still having repercussions about it psychologically. Mm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, I mean, her, like, for example, like the sex talk that my mom gave us, this is all it was. One sentence. Nothing goes in there until you're married. <laughs> like, how does that work? That doesn't work. It didn't work. I'm not married. My sister's not married. And so Things nothing's been, been in, in there. there. Things have been in there. <laughs> oh, way to disobey you know, your it, mom. It was just like they had this very weird thing about like, well, if we don't like tell them anything, then they won't know about it. But I was a very precocious child. So I would like look up stuff in the dictionary all the time and but figure you stuff out. But you weren't allowed to leave the house on your own no and then she was also like don't answer the phone don't answer the door part of that was because my father was being sued a lot <laughs> mm, yeah that makes you know, sense like so if a process server came to the door <laughs> like don't answer the door your father's being sued again <laughs> my parents would let me out on the weekend at like 10 in the morning and then i would not come home until six for dinner same like like and they were like stay in the complex Right, we had a pretty decent sized complex. We nobody stayed in the complex. We just roamed all literally all over Albuquerque. Yeah, I remember being. I would have had to be like seven or eight, and I would a couple times a day walk to this convenience store. Oh yeah, Seven Eleven. Passing. Uh, well, no, I was. I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, so I was walking to a <laughs> convenience store called Convenient, which That's hilarious. <laughs> And I would pass several other convenience stores to get to this one because it sold baseball cards. And it's a distance that I probably wouldn't walk to the store now. And not because I'm in fear of my safety. I just don't want to walk that far. Like, I would rather drive. But I was like seven or eight, and they would just let me do that all the time. I walked to and from school. We would walk through a fucking creek on our way to school. Like, (laughs) it was gnarly. Like there, yeah. there were bad things happening down there because I grew up not in a huge city, but it was a city like Peoria was it's a very diverse and integrated city. So it's not like I grew up in the Midwest, but I, I didn't grow up in the country. And yeah. yeah, you just were able to go do whatever you wanted. We let our fucking dog run around the neighborhood when I was a kid. And then we this would we would we me. would get on the porch and go <laughs> snuffy hot dog and snuffy would come running back because that. Fucking dude loved hot dogs, let me tell you. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I just want to point out, it's better now. You shouldn't let your kids roam all over the place. Like, they could die very easily from very small things. A brick could fall off a building and kill your child. I mean, like, it's just like, why would you not supervise children? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, sure, they have to get, they get to a certain age. It's like, now you got to be like, okay, go do your thing. But, like, it's crazy that literally we were chilled. I was, like, six or seven years old just going. Nobody cared either. There was yeah. not an adult who was ever, like, what are you doing? What are you doing by yourself? Nobody ever hmm. said anything. Yeah, I feel like there's been a huge shift culturally with this because 
I'm an elder millennial, and I isn't that like the first generation where they're like it's like helicopter parent type shit where like they're yeah. constantly on you. Yeah. You're in activities all the time. Like that is actually like, one of the things that's credited with dropping the amount of serial killings oh, okay. is helicopter <laughs> parents who oh really always account for their child's time and where oh, they are, yeah, which really isn't God. the worst thing. I know it can get overbearing and abusive sometimes but it was weird like on my 16th birthday i just wanted to like go to the movies with my friends like just me and my friends and my mom came and like sat in like two rows behind us yeah that's too much that's way too much yeah yeah well when i was 16 just before i turned 17 i was on my own so you know eh, i guess i got weaned into that because i was kind of halfway on my own anyways i mean sure they gave me food but they just all day long just roam around do whatever i felt like yeah my parents worked so in the summer it would just be me and my sister my sister was four years older than me but my sister was wild so she wasn't (laughs) a great choice for babysitter and man things happened in my like we fucking lived it up in the summer it was great So we were just talking about serial killings maybe having declined. There is a flip side to this argument, which is that it is possible that serial killers are just way harder to catch now. Because for one thing, while the the number of serial killings have seemingly decreased, so have the rates of murders that get solved. Oh, shit. By 2017, around 61.6% of murders in the U.S. were solved, which is one of the lowest rates in the Western world. So that means around 40% of murders are never solved. And this is down from, in the 70s and 80s, it was around 90% in terms of solving murders. And now we're down to 60%. And so about 40% of murders go unsolved. And there are some experts out there who believe serial killers are responsible for a significant number of these unsolved murders. One group puts the actual number of serial killers active in the U.S. right now at 2,100. Oh, Jesus. Mm, Okay. I don't even I don't even believe in Jeebus. And I am using the word Jeebus at this point. That's insane. Another expert. Michael Anafield, a retired police detective and author of 12 books about serial killers, thinks the number of active serial killers in the U.S. is closer to three or 4,000. That's a lot. I don't don't think so. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Even if it's like 1,500, even if it's like 500 as opposed to 50. That's a lot. Like, because a lot of those statistics we have about serial killers, I assume, are coming from the serial killings we've solved mm-hmm. as opposed to the just murders in general. Yeah. And like, there's a few different factors that would play into this. True crime shows, for one thing, have been teaching people, like, not just true crime, but like CSI and shit like that. They've been teaching people how to get away with murder for decades now. Like people, mm-hmm. people know what textbooks to buy because if you're a crime scene investigator, you go to school, you buy textbooks and they teach you all the things to look for. Murderers right. can buy those books and use them to commit murders. So basically another thing that could be helping them is like easier exchange of intellectual information, like the internet, mm-hmm. you know, access to books, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. What about what about like ease of travel? Wouldn't that be a, a thing also? Like being able to leave a place way quicker than in the past. Well, that's the you other. Know what I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing is the trucking industry. There are big concerns Oof. that the trucking industry might actually account for a lot of unsolved murders. I bet. Yeah, more than a decade ago, an FBI investigation identified more than 750 murder victims found along or near highways. They identified nearly 450 suspects in those cases, and a disproportionate number of them were truck drivers. So, oh, and also, yeah, so women who are transients for most of the victims. Yeah. Okay. There was another guy named Mark Twitchell. Did you guys ever heard Mark Twitchell? I don't think Mm-mm. so. He never ended up being a serial killer because he only killed one dude and he was so bad at it that he got caught. But he tried to emulate Dexter, but he was terrible at it and an <laughs> idiot. He also was a f- amateur filmmaker and made like a Star Wars movie that you can just look up on the internet if you want. But he like literally he just tried to emulate Dexter, but he didn't do a good job like plastering the room in plastic and also trying to kill the person. He was, like, bad at it. Oh. So. Yeah. Dexter's whole thing seemed like too much work for me. Like, if that's what I got to do to be a serial killer, no. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a lot of work. Like, I didn't get into podcasting to take up manual labor later on. (laughs) Hard pass. The trucking industry is not the only one that's been linked to higher rates of serial killers. Also, police and military, if you can believe that. Forestry workers, which definitely makes sense. Oh, oh boy. Love the forest. (laughs) Love a killing in a forest. Oh, the forest is the ocean of land. Like we don't, we should not be there. That's where the ghosts live. Like there's no reason to be in the forest. There, there really is just so much like forest land in this country that, I mean, most people will never even see it. And it goes so deep, but you're just terrifying. If Bigfoot (laughs) was real, we would have found one. No, we wouldn't. It's so so interesting how peaceful we feel when we look into the forest, when it's probably just filled with death. Oh, it is. no, I'm totally creeped out when I look at a forest. Same. Oh, I love the forest, but no. now, I, now I'm going to think about it. My little kitty oh, cat. Your cat, your cat is the highlight of this episode so far. Get down, Ash. Ash, you're good. Where I grew up in Colorado, there's just a lot of really dense oh, yeah. areas of tree. I, I'm from Colorado Springs. And it's like right in oh, the. Oh no wonder you're the a horoscope person. The, why? Because because it's near Manitou. Yes, exactly. I lived in Manitou Springs when I was a kid. There's all these crystal shops. You did? Yeah, it's one of the few memories I have as a kid. I love Manitou. Beautiful. Yeah. So filled um, with hippies who believe in crystals. Hold on a second. Some of those hippies are. <laughs> boomer parents of my friends so (laughs) you know so leave them out of this okay i was actually i when i was in colorado a month and a half ago i went to a garden party in manitou springs and it was like up on this like i don't know if you know there's like a a castle up there around there so it was around there but yeah it was definitely like a, a boomer hippie garden party with crystals and stuff so yeah no, I know. Anyway, there's a lot of forest and there's a lot of things in it I don't want to find out about. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. Again, ocean, it, it's the ocean of land. Like, oh, the ocean. People aren't supposed to be there. To yeah, ocean's terrible. Mm-hmm. People aren't supposed to be there. 
Not supposed no, to be in the woods. I, not supposed yeah, to be in the forest. The ocean is uh, angry. The ocean I'll quote, is angry. I'll quote one of my favorite comedians, John Fahey. We got inside. We got inside. Why would we go out there? So let's talk about a couple recent serial killers who I think public favor has turned against serial killers. If I could be so bold as to suggest that yeah, yeah. given so many things in our current political climate, celebrating the acts of people who mostly prey on marginalized women isn't as celebrated as it used to be. And I feel like it shouldn't be. That is a step in the right direction. But hey, it's Halloween. Let's talk about the Phoenix Serial Street Shooter. This is a fascinating story. This kid's name, Aaron Saucedo, he was arrested in Arizona in 2017 for committing nine murders in 12 different shootings between August 2015 and July 2016 in the Mary Vale neighborhood of West Phoenix. Anyone ever been? I've no. been to Phoenix. I'm not sure I've been to I, that area. To, yeah, I've been to Phoenix once or twice. One of the interesting twists in this one is that Saucedo is the son of a well-known music producer and musician named Jose Juan Segura, who specializes in something called Narco Corridos, which are songs that chronicle and sometimes glorify Mexican drug cartels. His band was featured on an episode of Breaking Bad. Show some respect. Interesting. But Aaron Saucedo was initially arrested for the murder of the man who was dating his mother, a 61-year-old man named Raul Romero. From there, he shot eight other people over the course of the next year. All of those victims were chosen at random. The only targeted killing was that first one. So he was either trying to cover up that targeted crime by making it seem like the work of a random killer, or he just loved murdering that first guy so much that he was like, no way am I not doing that again. Holy shit. It's probably both. Yeah, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Either way. That's so interesting. There hasn't been a trial in this yet. His lawyers, I'm assuming his dad has some cash, so his lawyers have successfully argued for continuations in the case, and then COVID happened, and his lawyers were like, well, you certainly can't try our client until this pandemic passes. So that's kind of where it is now. So he's still alive. It's interesting. There's only a few cases where I'm cool with the death penalty. Serial killers is one of them. Mm. So... Because I just feel like you're not, this person isn't going to get out and then just be better. Yeah, like, but they. Proven beyond a doubt, though. And you have to be careful, I know, because people get killed when they weren't the person actually committing the crime. And that's the problem. But man, serial killers and child molesters, I don't, they can fucking die. I don't care. And Yeah, that's not really how care. opposing the death penalty works, though. It's kind of like free speech. Where you have to sort of be like, all right, well, we got to let the Nazis say some stuff, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 Uh. I, well, I mean, you know, for if we're going there, I'll go there. <laughs> I, I, I'm opposed to the death penalty in all cases. Yeah. And same. part of it is because of the expense of it, because it's so expensive to keep people on death row because of the cost of the appeals going oh, on yeah. legally. And also, personally, for me, I can't think of anything worse than having to sit and wait for death alone in a solitary confinement cell. I don't know. To me, that sounds awful. Because one of my fears, just like since I was a small kid, was like, was never dying. Yeah. That's interesting. That makes sense. No, that is, it does make sense. But 
Yeah, because I was raised Catholic, and one of the things I would think about is, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, when you die, you either, you know, go to heaven or hell. But, like, both sound bad to me, because both feature eternal consciousness. So why would you want the thought of being eternally conscious? <laughs> that's pretty smart for a kid, honestly. Like, that's when, pretty yeah, impressive. When, yeah, I I went to NYU. So, <laughs> As a child? I'll ever dr- no, as a Smart. normal age, a normal age. Okay, so, but anyway, no, I would think about that when I in bed at night. I would like, like stare at the ceiling when I was like seven or eight years old, and I'd be like, "Am I going to be eternally conscious for forever?" And that would terrify me. And that's still- I would think about He Man. I had I had other thoughts, but this was just one of them. Okay, I had I had every GI Joe at one point. And I yeah. shit you not, the day after I got the last one I needed, they sent a flyer in the mail <laughs> in that was between... like, here's 25 new G.I. Joes. What? And you're like, no. This is just things I would think in between thinking about, like, the Backstreet Boys, okay? okay. So, yeah. yeah, all right, fair enough. That makes but sense, yeah. I, so, to me, that is, there is something, like, tortuous about that. No, absolutely. That's why vampires don't make any fucking sense. Oh, horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would want that? Who would want that? Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to live that. Well, I don't know. If you're like what you do with it. If you're like that that kind of vampire that once you turn you're like your ideal version of yourself and you just get to live like Well, yeah, cuz you do get to be preserved like like you're hot, right? Is right. that part of the thing when you get turned is that you're like in your yep. most perfect physical form? And then you get to like watch know, all of history unfold and you never die. Vampire? This also reminds me of, speaking of spooky season, my favorite spooky season movie, Death Becomes Her. That whole like, concept of like youth and beauty and like living forever, you know, the potion that they drink in the movie. And, and, but at the end, they're like falling apart because like, yeah. <laughs> and, but they're still conscious. Like her head is detached from her body, but she's like, do you remember where we parked the car? You know, I mean, <laughs> genius film. Genius film. Am I spoiling it for people who haven't seen it? No, see no, because I don't think anyone's going to go see it. I, I hope not. All right, let's talk about one last serial killer before we go. Oh, this guy, Israel Keys. I remember hearing this name, but it didn't really get that much attention. Like, not when you take into account what this guy did. His most notorious murder happened in 2011. He killed a couple in their 60s. Bill and Lorraine Courier in Vermont. And in this murder, here's the thing about this guy. He was very good at planning and he did not fit into any of those myths about serial killers that we mentioned earlier. Case in point, in this crime, he turns off his cell phone for the entire trip, never turns it on once. He gets on a plane from the West Coast to Chicago, rents a car in Chicago, drives that car all the way to Vermont, paying cash for everything along the way so he doesn't leave a paper trail. When he gets to Vermont, he digs up a murder kit that he buried there in 2009. Jesus. And then he just went and found a random couple to murder. And that couple ended up being Bill and Lorraine Courier. He Mm. buried a murder kit. That is nuts. He also kidnapped and murdered a woman in Anchorage, Alaska. Her name was Samantha Koenig. He abducted her from the coffee stand she worked at, kept her tied up at his home while he ran around town trying to get money from her ATM card and whatnot, actually runs into her boyfriend 
at one point when he's right. trying to break into her home because the boyfriend was expecting to pick her up from work. She wasn't there, so he went to her place, and Israel Keys was there when he showed up, but he didn't know that this was the guy that had abducted his girlfriend. So then he goes back home, and he kills her. He wakes his daughter up and gets her off to school. She was home the whole time. And then he starts packing for a cruise to New Orleans. And what's important about that, that's one of the things he would do when he would commit a murder. He would do it and then immediately leave the area. Like, even if it was just briefly, like in this case, he had to go back home, but he went on this cruise for that specific purpose. He had the cruise planned because he was going to commit this murder. He goes on the cruise and then he comes back and he, he takes this woman's body he sews her eyes oh my God. open. This is the worst part. Jesus. So it looks like her eyes are open. And he props her up in a chair. He puts makeup on her face. Like her body's like frozen by this point. And he puts makeup on her face. He props her up in a chair holding a copy of that day's newspaper and takes a picture and sends it to her family with a ransom demand. And her dad actually thought she was alive in that picture. And paid the ransom but by that point she had been dead for a long time he had actually already dismembered her body and dumped it in a ice fishing hole Jeez, that's the thing about this guy he did eventually get caught he committed suicide in his jail cell which that's a blessing and a curse i guess because he's not gonna be brought to justice but he's in hell now if you believe in that kind of thing that's the only time i want to yeah yeah, this guy was a psycho, and he wouldn't have gotten caught if he hadn't messed up with his car. Yeah, he got it was a traffic stop that got him a traffic stop busted. Yep. yep, that's the only way he got caught. And yeah, he was he was just super methodical. He would kill far away from home usually in different police jurisdictions. He had no personal connection to his victims. He had no motives. Those murder kits, he buried them all around the country. They had like a shovel in there. He would put Drano in there because it hastens the decomposition of a body. One serial killer expert, I have in the notes one serial killer quoted, but no, it was a serial killer expert. And in an Alaska newspaper said Keyes was, quote, among the top three organizers, thinkers, and planners he'd ever studied, end quote. Jeez. Interesting. So at least he's dead now. Yeah. That guy's off the streets, but it's terrifying to think think of how many serial killers like that might be out there because we always i think a lot of these serial killer stories a lot of times turn into them sort of taunting the cops like the really famous ones like son of sam zodiac killer and we tend to think oh these these guys just want attention they want they want some notoriety for their crimes and it's like not always maybe they just want to commit some fucking crimes forever and ever and ever yeah with that You know, be sure to think about that before you go to sleep tonight. Yeah, Um, I mean, there's got to be like a Michelangelo of serial killers out there. Like, there has to be a Barry Bonds. There have to be like these high-level serial killers who, I bet those motherfuckers meet up. There's probably conventions. But who knows? We'll never know. Criminal Minds had an episode like that where like they were like bidding on people to kill. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's a real, based (laughs) on a real thing, though. Some of their episodes are based on real things, but I don't think that one is. 
Mm. I wouldn't right. be surprised though. Yeah, I wouldn't be. A lot of people go missing in this country every year. Yeah, so some of them the are dark. being some of them are being used for some shit. Yeah, on the dark web. Yeah, I don't even know how you get to the dark web. Like, how do I do that? You have to download. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> you have to download a Tor browser. I know that. Oh, okay, cool. I'm good then. I've got I've got something. No, wait, I don't have that anymore. I got rid of it. Yeah, you probably never I mean, had it. <laughs> views. I had views. Yeah, that's not the same thing. I don't think that's how that's how like drug dealers like buy the supplies. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was with Bitcoin. That's what, how they pay for it. With Bitcoin? Well, you can't. Yeah, I know you can pay for it with crypto. Yeah, but like that's a guy told me that's how he used to buy like Molly tablets and stuff to sell to people. I don't know. And X. Well, wow. all right. You've got good taste. <laughs> so happy Halloween, everyone. That's our episode. I think. Right. We did it. Yeah. I think so. Everyone should feel fun. everyone should feel Covered safe in their homes. There's definitely not three to four thousand serial killers running the country right now. It's only like yeah. fifty. Don't worry. It's only fifty. I mean, look, okay about that's it. one out of every one hundred fifty thousand. Look, hyper vigilance. Yeah. If there's if there's fifty constantly, right? Am I doing that right? Three thousand to three hundred and fifty million people. Yeah. If if there's fifty in the United States, that means there's one per state, which means serial killers are like the Sonic of. <laughs> of of things in my life in that there's there's one in california somewhere but i'm not having a cherry limeade anytime soon so many sonics in colorado where i'm oh there is oh yeah i I lived in he has three i lived in south dakota for a long time where there's like a lack of sonics but there is one on the way to temecula oh (laughs) no there's not one in torrance i lived in torrance for very recently there's well, OC, I, right? There's one I, in OC. There's one somewhere, but not super close. one I found close. on the way to do a horrible comedy show in Temecula and okay. made it better. Let me let me tell you yeah. this. In San Diego, there is a sit-down Sonic. What? Who's ever seen that? You just no. go in and sit down and eat your tots. Amazing. The future is here. So, Heather and Ron, thank you both so much for spending your Halloween night with me. We, rec- we recorded this live. If you're listening yeah, to this yeah. on... Halloween night, we recorded this on Halloween night. Trick-or-treaters coming in and out the whole time. It's been pretty great. Thank you both. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Heather, how about you? You know, nothing nothing serious coming up. I am kind of refraining from doing stand-up comedy. At the Same. I'm studying, I'm studying for the LSAT right now. But. Oh, shit. Yeah, very uh, nice. So, but I'm active on Twitter, which is my favorite platform. Follow me on Twitter at Fixter Heather, and oh, I'm on TikTok too at Unruly Maruli. What's your podcast? It's Unruly, a podcast with Heather Maruli. <laughs> People started calling me that like at open mics like a long time ago, so I go by that nickname. Cool, Ron. What do you have to plug? I have a podcast called The Greatest Pod. If you listen to Nerd Goat. That's it's basically morphed into this because turns out we assigned a contract with some people and they own NerdGoat in perpetuity. So we made a new one that's similar but different. It's called The Greatest Pod. My one of my favorite episodes is we had Kevin Hernan, who's one of my favorite authors, because I emailed him. That was the craziest thing, by the way. I just emailed my one of my favorite authors and was like, Hey, you want to do my podcast? Basically, we come up with ideas like the greatest something or other. And he came up with the idea of doing the greatest missed opportunity for a redemption story is Darth Vader. So great, 
great type of, so that's the type of thing we do. And I really like it. And we need to have you on, by the way, Adam. Yeah, I'd be all for and it. And Heather, if you're into nerdy stuff, I don't know. Some of it. Do you, do you ever talk about DJs? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest DJs. But yeah, we've, it's really been fun and we are able to cover a lot more subject matter than we were before. So very nice. I don't know. I don't have anything to plug. Happy Halloween. Eat a bunch of candy. Get a fucking stomach ache. Yeah. Listen to your parents. Oh. Do your homework. Things like that. Right. I did forget another thing. Check out Reboot It on YouTube. Don't tell also. me what That's to it. do. Don't you tell me what to do. Oh, hey, can you please check out Reboot It on YouTube? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Ron, say goodbye. Bye. Heather, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Happy Halloween. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. I'm a ghost. Ron doesn't think I'm real. I don't know. You are real.